Four, please. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the six o'clock pairing. On the tee, from River West, please welcome Gabe Neitzel. Also on the tee, from the third ward, this is Stephen Watson. It's Monday evening, and you're on the tee. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Now to take you around the course. Live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All Studios at Radio City. Alongside Stephen Watson, here's Gabe Neitzel. I really don't like how the PGA Tour season just kind of rolls along. Because we should still be celebrating Team USA's victory in the Ryder Cup. We can as long as you want, Gabe. But they had an event last week. Like, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like, they, they just don't they a, stop. They have a notable one coming up this weekend. They've got the Shriners this week. Which was? I just expected champagne for, like, three straight weeks and videos of these guys celebrating or smoking cigars like we saw them on Saturday getting ready for college game day. Which, can we talk about that real quick? There sure. were two Ryder Cups on display on Saturday. Steve Stricker had one at Camp Randall, yep. and Harris English had one in Georgia. He was on the set of College Game Day he with, was. with the Ryder Cup trophy. Steve Stricker had one at Camp Randall. So the question is, which one's the real Ryder Cup? Or are either one of those not even the real Ryder Cup, and the real Ryder Cup is someplace else? All fair questions. I, If I had to guess... Strick had the real Ryder Cup? I would think the Cats probably got that one locked up. Unless the guys traded around like you do, you know, the, 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 the NBA, Like the Stanley the Cup where, everybody, where, yeah. where, where everyone gets a, uh, gets a turn with the trophy? I don't know. There's multiple Heismans out there. Well, yeah, because everybody gets a Heisman and then, you know, they give it out every year. Maybe they all have a Ryder Cup, for all we know. It's the same thing with the Lombardi, right? Yeah. Like, you go to Lambeau Field, there's three of them in the uh, in the Packers Hall of Fame. Or, excuse me, four of them in the Packers Hall of Fame. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I guess I never thought if, like, the players got a replica Ryder Cup to take with them, to put on the mantle. Obviously, they have to to some extent. I'm still hoping Stricker gets that tattoo that he promised us. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's what was going on there. Uh, I do want to talk uh, about one of those members of the Ryder Cup, Bryson DeChambeau. That's coming up next, and it's all about the drive. Understandably so. He was just in a long drive contest. But this this idea was brought to me. as we. I mean, we have now entered fall golf season, which, by the way, is a fantastic time to be playing golf. I, I enjoy playing golf sometimes. You throw the beanie on in the morning. It's a little cooler. And when it's a little cooler because of fall golf, maybe you throw on, I don't know, a hoodie. Maybe a special hoodie that you bought at the Ryder Cup. Where are we going with this, Gabe? My question Are to, you about to judge me so hard No, I'm on not radio? going to because you know that I went and looked for it and couldn't find it because it was sold out after, uh, after you had purchased it on Wednesday. I tried to go back on Saturday and double back and get one. Yes, I bought the cashmere sweatshirt, <laughs> Team USA, when I saw all of them wearing it. I said, I need to have that. I looked at the price tag. I cried a little bit inside, but I wore it three out of the following four days that they won the Ryder Cup, and I'm going to wear it at least once a week while I play golf for the foreseeable future. So the question that I have to our fine fans here of on the T 800 what is the most you have spent on something golf-related 
excluding greens fees. So, you know, take out, yeah, I went out to Pebble and paid the 500 bucks, or you paid the 450 up at Whistling. Or, including clubs? Um, I feel like we have to disclude clubs. Just yeah, because I think clubs we need are the swag most, or... Yeah, the most you've spent on something not course club related. Because, yes, if you go out and buy a new driver, that's 500 bucks right there. Yes. But we, you know, I mean... So 800-990-3776, the most you have spent on something golf-related that is not greens, fees, or clubs. 800-990-3776. Is that hoodie hoodie it for you? For apparel, yes. I mean, there are some really nice golf jackets that are a couple hundred dollars, but for a hooded sweatshirt, I mean, I'll just flat out tell you, it was $285. (laughs) I mean... The thing is, it was not cheap. I've, I've got I've got this uh, laptop in front of me. I can just connect to Google. It wasn't taken down by the hackers today, much like Facebook, Instagram, and some of those other social media sites. I can just go to Google and, and always just look up how much that hoodie was. So I'm glad you were honest with us and just threw it out there. Well, you know, it's probably upcharged a little bit because it's in the Ryder Cup shop. It was laid out perfectly right when you walked into the entrance of the merchandise tent up at Whistling Straits the day that they were all wearing it. One of those fall mornings where it was about 55, 60 when they were teeing off in the morning. And I said, wow, I could go for a, a hoodie right now. Hoodies are, they're popular. It's its like a new kind of trend in it's golf a good for apparel. It's a good look. And I played with it last week for the first time in the 100 Holes event. I played at Wisconsin Club, benefiting the first tee of Southeastern Wisconsin. And I loved it. It was comfortable. I was worried about the hood, you know, flapping around, hitting me in the face. I enjoyed it. I will wear and buy more hoodies moving forward. Will I buy a $285 one? No chance. But I do not regret buying that. That is definitely the most expensive piece of apparel I've bought. But I've also bought, like, rangefinders that are probably more oh, than yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Like, which is in a very good investment if you're going to play a lot of golf. Yeah. Like a range finder. I mean, I th- but I feel you can find, I mean, what kind of rangefinder do you have? Because the rangefinder I have... I got through a discount. I really like it, but it was right around maybe a little less than 200 bucks. Are you blaming your distances on your cheap rangefinder? No. No, I'm saying my rangefinder's fantastic, and oh, oh, okay. I'm dialed thought, in, ready were... to go. Oh. I'm just saying, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm curious. Like, I feel like you can get rangefinders. I don't want to say I'm the cheap because 200 bucks isn't cheap, but I feel like you can find good ones for around that $200 price range. I've never really understood the like rangefinder watch. Like why, that that doesn't seem comfortable when you're wearing like a brick on your wrist while you play. I know so, a lot of people who like them. But. There are a lot of people who wear watches when they play, and I've never been able to do that. Like Phil Mickelson wears a watch when he plays. Yeah, no, like, I just it. can't. And 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 again, me being a left-handed golfer wearing a watch like that just feels weird too. Like the the watch on the trail hand, I just yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, and I understand. I guess I understand like the draw to it because it can give you that distance. Because a lot of times, if you're playing, the distance to the pin isn't always the most important distance. Like, how much is it to carry just to get to the front? Correct. Like, how much is it to carry that bunker in the front? That's all I care about. What's the distance to the back? And you kind of figure out some things in between there. Um, but yeah, the, the, I've, I've never gotten to the watch. I know a lot of people who have them and seem to like them. But yeah, I can't wear a watch when I play. What about apparel-wise? What's the most you've spent on a piece of apparel? I'm trying to think. I don't know if I've ever... I'm trying to think. Because even when I went to Augusta for the Masters, there wasn't... I mean, I spent a lot of money when I was down there. And look, and, and I said this on the, the special Ryder Cup show that I did, um, and, and I'll say it here again. I'm not ashamed to say it. I spent over $700 on 
Ryder Cup merchandise like in totality. But there wasn't one thing I think that like stood out and was over two hundred bucks. You know, I just, just bought. You got a lot of. I got a lot Cup. of Ryder Cup you're, stuff. You're going like Monday well, through Friday on the course in a different Ryder Cup. But so I've got a polo, I've got a pullover, two vests, pants, um, hat, winter hat. Um, I'm trying to think what else I got. Oh, a, a hoodie, not like just like kind of a hoodie like you're wearing, like yeah. a lightweight a hoodie, a t-shirt. You know that adds up quickly, Stephen. You love America, I, I and I love Wisconsin. Yeah, I love right. America when it's represented in the state of Wisconsin. All of it says Whistling Straits on it. I did not get as much bang for the buck for you. <laughs> I probably spent about the same money, but I only have about four items. But it was it was the same thing when I went to when I went to Augusta, and the thing about Augusta is when you go, if you've never been there, first of all, everything is very reasonable. You're not going to pay more for a polo at Augusta than you would at your local pro shop. Like, you can find polos there for 70, 75 bucks. You know, the polo, the master's pullover I got was less than 100 bucks. But it's, you can only buy it there. You right? can, yeah, that's the catch. You can only buy it there. So then you load up when you go. Uh, and the great thing about Augusta is they'll ship it for you. Yeah. So you don't have to, like, carry it around the course, do that, do that awkward thing. Did they, too? Yeah, my, my parents came in from Philadelphia for the Ryder Cup, and they bought some stuff and had it shipped home. Yeah. It's a nice feature. Look, when you're going down to Augusta, maybe you want to pack an extra suitcase, or you can just have them ship it for you. Because you're going to get a bunch of stuff. Because when you go, like, the amount of money I spent wasn't even just for me. There were people like, hey, can you pick me up this? Can you pick me up something like that? So then you're getting stuff for other people, too. 800-990-3776, the most money you've spent on something golf-related, not greens fees, or golf clubs. I've looked at, and I've thought about, um, there's this company called Rapsodo that does their, it is a, it's got like a mini handheld um, kind of, um, I'm trying to think the, the best word to, to describe it. Maybe if I just go to their website. I'm, I'm just kind of blanking on what it is. But it's like, I mean, it's like a TrackMan. But TrackMan is $20,000. This thing's 500 bucks, And it gets within 2% of, of what a TrackMan is. So, that seems worth it. And, and you can be on you, the range. You prop up your phone. It gives you video. It gives you, um, you know, the tracer on your shot. So if, if you're looking to, like, dial in distances for irons and wedges, like, it really feels like something that could be used to really help improve your game. Because if you just go to the range and you're banging balls, you're like, well, I think that flag out there is like 112 today, and you're trying to figure it out, but you're not. This gives you actual feedback. So I've thought about that, and that by far would be the most expensive thing outside of clubs and greens fees that I'd spent money on. But I feel like that's more of an investment in my game. One thing that my uh, my parents gifted me over the holidays that was really cool was one of those Bushnell speakers that also happens to be a rangefinder in Mm -hmm. and of itself. So you load the course up on the app ahead of time and you go out there and you carry the little chip in your pocket and the speaker is just on your golf cart or in your bag. So you got the the nice sound system to go along with the distances from wherever you are. That was a nice nice purchase. I've I've enjoyed that. Mobile launch monitor is what it uh, is what Rapsodo calls itself. So again, it gives you info, it gives you ball speed, launch angle, Again, I'm just kind of doing a live read for a company that's not invested in our show, but it's it's something that I've thought of. So if you want to share the most money you have spent on something 
outside of green fees and golf, 800-990-3776. Uh, you're going to want to keep that number close, though, because during our fantasy golf segment this week, maybe we'll make picks because it's 25-year anniversary of something pretty special happening at the event that's being played this week. Um, but in conjunction with that, we're going to be asking you for your fantasy golf foursome. Who would you put in your the foursome that you would want to play golf with the most? And we will pick, out of the people who call in during that segment today, a winner to play at the On the Tee event, which is happening at Fairways of Woodside one week from today. So you're going to want to keep that 800-990 number. 800-990-3776. Keep that close. But coming up next... It's all about the drive. If we're talking about drive and we're talking about professional golf, there's only one guy. That's Bryson DeChambeau. We talk about him next. Back to the course and on the tee with Gabe and Steven after this on 94.5 ESPN. Nigel and Steven Watson on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. What do you mean? If we are talking about long drives, we are talking about one professional golfer. And that's Bryson DeChambeau, who is this week's focus once again on It's All About the Drive. Sometimes it's all about the drive. But off the tee, it's all about the drive. The best and biggest shots of the weekend. That house is like 400 yards away. Is that good? That's unbelievable. It's all about the drive. On On the Tee is brought to you by Ewald Automotive. Shop the Ewald Automotive Group, home of the 20-year, 200,000-mile limited warranty on all new vehicles. Visit any of their eight locations today, in-store or online at ewaldautomotive.com. Ewald Automotive, we make it easy. So Bryson DeChambeau in the long drive championship that he was competing in, the Professional Long Drivers Association World Championship, in Mesquite, uh, he made it to the top eight. So he made it to the top eight. He was eventually eliminated at that point. Did say he wants to try to keep doing this. Um, and and he thinks it's going to be able to complement his game at the PGA Tour. So he thinks he can kind of end up doing both. But this has kind of been like a two really good weeks for Bryson DeChambeau between the Ryder Cup and this. And, and he seems, I don't know, he seems different he seems like he understands a little bit more. He doesn't seem quite as annoying, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'll tell you what, Gabe. I'm not I'm not fully coming around on Bryson, but there is nobody who helped their brand more over the last two weeks, outside of probably Steve Stricker, than Bryson DeChambeau. He is it was... the hat? It's the hat, right? Like, if he just starts wearing the regular hat on the PGA Tour, his percent of being likable just shoots up exponentially. The hat certainly would help. Yes. It, it, I mean, you would have to change that stupid logo that he's got on the hat that he's got of himself. I just think that he has fully embraced the spectacle that is Bryson. Okay. Like, he understands that he is different. He was a little blind to that, I feel like, during a lot of parts of this summer where like his ignorance was almost what created this villainous character for the rest of us who watched it from afar but once he started to embrace like yeah I'm different I can do things that nobody else here can and I finally have the results to back it up because that was always the one thing that was holding him back Gabe was that 
He was always putting these videos out there. But he hasn't really had the results. I mean, he finished. No, but I'm saying the Ryder Cup. That was his result. He went 2-0-1. He drove the green on one and made eagle to start off Sunday singles. He had a 417-yard drive on the first day, which was actually longer than any drive he had during the World World, uh, Long Drive competition, which is kind of crazy when you think about that. But I, I think that he proved that it wasn't about himself, which throughout the entire summer it was always like, this is Bryson, this is what Bryson can do. And I think that he embraced the fans in a way that, like, you were on the grounds. Like, you were at tee boxes when yeah. Bryson took his club out of his bag. It was a spectacle. Like, he was the ultimate showman. And fans loved it. I didn't hear Brooksy once. At Whistling Straits. But, again, it's tough to gauge just because most people at Whistling Straits wanted Team USA to win. And for Team USA to win... Yeah, but there's enough stupid fans out there. All it takes is one or two to yell Brooksy. That's true. And I I just don't think we're going to see that anymore. Like, the feud is over. They hugged it out after the press conference. Someone's Like you said, there's a lot of stupid fans out there. I bet it happens the first time he's back. Yeah, but I think that there's because of the fact that he was able to put results out there, he will now be beloved more. Maybe not fully beloved, but I think that people will embrace him and he will realize, like, okay, I am going to wield my driver around like it is Excalibur, and that's going to get a rise out of people, and that is going to be how I'm defined until I continue to win majors because he essentially was Captain America for Team USA from the showman perspective at Whistling Straits. The grind of every day, every week on the PGA Tour is different than that. Not to say that they're not grinding at the Ryder Cup, because they certainly are. We saw how much it meant to the Europeans, specifically Rory McIlroy, Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, John Rahm, the way they spoke so glowingly of the Ryder Cup and how much they loved it. But I feel that once you get back to the grind of the PGA Tour, there are going to be some things that are going to turn Bryson into more or less a pumpkin. Like when he yells at his caddy for not giving him the right yardage, even though like he had a flyer lie and he just calculated whatever distance wrong and he you know, blows an 8-iron over the green from however long he hits the 8-iron from now. Like There are just certain things about him that still need to fundamentally change in order for, I think... The golf, the average and typical golf fan that goes to a PGA Tour event to fully embrace him. But I think a lot of what, like, his narrative during this summer was everybody was on Brooks's side. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And he, and pros included. Like, oh, Bryson yeah. was on an island. He's no longer on an island, I don't, I don't think. I think that the best golfers in the world were on Team USA and Europe actually had some empathy for him and seemed to be friends with him. And Stricker got this team to all want to play together to the point where Bryson and Brooks said, yeah, we'll play together. I don't think that he's necessarily sitting out on the island like he was toward the end of the FedEx Cup when he was almost in tears with the experience that he was receiving from fans. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But I, again, I think that's a part of who he is, and I don't know if he can necessarily change that. Now, is he as alone? Maybe not, um, because professional golf can be a, a pretty lonesome place, especially if the crowd turns on you the way the crowd had turned on him 
you know, and it seemed like everybody was universally rooting for Patrick Cantlay in that epic playoff that he had during the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, the one that Patrick Cantlay eventually won. But at that point, like, everybody was anti Bryson. They wanted to see him fail, and they wanted, like, we, we live in a society that, that likes to bring people down. Oh, yeah. Without and, a doubt. And people wanted 100%. to bring Bryson down, and they wanted to see him crumble because, like we've talked about, he created this monster for himself throughout the entire summer. Yes, it was perpetuated by Brooks Kepka and other fans and social media, but at the end of the day, he's responsible for creating his own narrative. But here's here's the problem with Bryson. These last two weeks have been great. Yeah. And he seems, at least at this point of his career, and this, I mean, he's still a relatively young pro. And, you know, it takes sometimes some, a while for, for these guys to figure it out. When things are great, Bryson's great. When things go bad, like, dude gets pouty and unwatchable. That's when he, you know, starts blaming the media for stuff. That's when he doesn't do media for three months. That's when, you know, he just kind of seems un- unapproachable and like, yeah, I don't want to be rooting for this guy. And these last two weeks have been great. But when things start to turn on him a little bit and he's not swinging the club great and he's not having the success that he wants because you're not going to have the success you want on a week-to-week basis on the PGA Tour because no one's Tiger Woods who's going to be winning 11 times in a season, like, then what? You know, if he goes through a, 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 a he misses back-to-back cuts, is he going to be Pouty Bryson like we've seen? Is he going to shut things down? Well, I, is he going to keep putting out those stupid videos on social media? Yeah, I mean, Bryson's going to always be in control of his narrative, but I think the fan perspective of it has shifted to the point where if he can create a little bit more likable of a brand and not have poutiness, and that's not what I'm be, saying. Yeah, I don't yeah, know and, if he can get rid of that. I really don't. That's that's a part of it because I mean, look, when en- whenever anybody's being pouty, it's not a good look on anyone, right? Correct. Like it's. And if we could control it, we would. But sometimes it just happens. Sometimes you just, that's the mood you're in, and that's that's the way it goes. You want to control it better, and, and sometimes you do if you continue to work on it. I, I don't know if that's going to be something he works on because he's too busy chasing 220-mile ball speed. But he's different in the sense of, like, he realizes the only way I'm going to keep fans is to keep it interesting so he's going to find different ways of keeping that interesting he's going to be walking that fine line of doing things that nobody else has done and continuing to be at the top of the talk amongst players and the media and fading quickly because at the end of the day he just needs results oh yeah he absolutely needs results like winning cures all that's what we saw the last two weeks right yeah, yeah, or being, yes, being, you know, and again, he didn't win the World Long Drive Championship, but he competed in it. And I think, I mean, I didn't know what to expect from him in this World Long Drive Championship, but I, I know it certainly wasn't top eight. It wasn't making it that far. You know, when I saw, it, oh, Bryson makes top 32, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Bryson makes top 16, I'm like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. Bryson makes top eight, really? He did that? Those guys, that's all they do, and they just continue to bomb it that far. And their ratings were never higher for a World Long Drive championship than they were this past weekend. Yeah, because he certainly will draw that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see where the narrative of Bryson goes, because it has been the last 
four months, a wild ride with Bryson DeChambeau. I can't remember any sort of roller coaster ride with a professional athlete in any sport than what we've seen from Bryson this summer. <sighs> like, has there been is there an athlete that comes to mind to you that has gone from villain to beloved in the amount of time that he has? Oh man, in the time that he has, I'm not sure. Um, I'm, I'm I'm gonna need a second to think on that because again, that's that's the it, the quick t- the turnaround these last two weeks. That's been the surprising part because there have been plenty of athletes. I mean, Tiger Woods amongst them that are right. You know, Tiger was way up, then had everything that happened that Thanksgiving weekend in two thousand you know nine. And, you know, people were ready to rip him down. And then his rise back to excellence, people jumped on that train as it was going up again. Yeah. I mean, I, I just but think that, that I mean, I was that trajectory was over the course of a decade. Yeah. I, I just think about the scenes at Whistling Straits and, and I'm taking the entire team element out of this. Mm-hmm. Just standing on the range and listening to people when Bryson showed up and when Bryson took his driver out and the little kids that were watching him hit a ball. Dustin Johnson's hitting it just as far, two feet over from him, but because it's Bryson and because of his swing speed and because of this brand that he has, their oohs and ahs were like deafening, honestly. And I just, I think that there is nobody who has flipped the script more than Bryson DeChambeau. I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of heckling. I really don't. I think that he is, he is going to be the superstar of golf for the upcoming year because he really is a spectacle. It's, it's unlike anything we've ever seen. Now, he wasn't disliked, so it doesn't track. But Bobby Portis's popularity popularity kind of came out of nowhere during the Bucks run. Like, that's the closest thing I can think of off the top of my head. Just because Bud didn't play him in a playoff series because it wasn't a good matchup, people oh, come Bobby Portis isn't playing. And then when he finally did, and he delivered, the building was going nuts for him during Even the NBA Finals. going back like a Michael Beasley who came to Milwaukee and oh, we yeah. like, oh gosh, why is this guy here? And yeah. then people loved him yeah instantly so it wasn't yeah oh and, and bees was a he was a wild <laughs> talk character about, man. talk about a <laughs> talk about a different dude yeah um but again that doesn't track because it's not like people were rooting against bobby portis at any point it was just his popularity rose because he didn't play a few games against the nets like is it like aaron Rodgers might be a comparison of where he went from nfc championship to this offseason not talking to yeah where he is right now yeah and, and again why is that Winning cures all. Yep. 800-990-3776. We need you to call in right now. 800-990-3776. Give us your dream foursome. The dream foursome that you want to play, that you would want to play with. 800-990-3776. We've got some callers on the line. Hang with us. We'll take your answer coming up next. But first, it's time for this week's Cart Girl Moment of the Week. And now... It's time for another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside. Tough day out there, huh? I caught the last bit of your front nine. Well, that's okay. Not everyone can drive the green on six. Oh, that was seven? Yikes. Maybe try hitting the driving range once in a while. Anyways, what can I get for you? I'm going to guess something strong. This has been another Cart Girl Moment, presented by Fairways of Woodside. Home of the premium golf experience. Premium golf, service, and of course the best golf carts with GPS and Bluetooth speakers. 
Fairways of Woodside. No ifs, ands, or puts. There's more On the Tee with Gabe and Steven coming up on 94.5 ESPN. Netted by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. golf is just weird during the fall season because I mean, maybe you're playing daily fantasy but like the leagues that I play in they're not going to start back up until January with like the tournament of champions so we had a different idea plus we were able to tie it in with a giveaway this week's fantasy golf segment who's in the red give me another ball take the drop Roy Roy just give me another ball who's in the green happy learned how to putt uh-oh. This is where we recap the weekend in fantasy golf and prepare you for the next tournament. Brought to you by New Male Medical Center. Guys struggling with low testosterone, ED, and weight loss have had success at New Male. You can too. Schedule your consultation at newmail.com and discover the new you. 800-990-3776. We are looking for your fantasy golf foursome. So who's the four people... Or the other three people, assuming you'd want to put yourself in there. I guess you don't have to if you don't want to, but it wouldn't make sense, right? you got to put yourself in your own. Yeah. Who's in your who's your <laughs> Who's in your foursome? I would caddy for Tiger like that. Well, I'd caddy for a lot of guys. Like <laughs> so let me explain. Like, I Here's an ideal foursome okay. in my mind. All right. In addition to me, mm-hmm. you need a steady guy. You need somebody that is going to just be your reliable stick fun to watch play golf. Sure. You're your player, right? You need your degenerate. You need the guy who is going to push the envelope a little bit. Maybe try and play for some shekels. Maybe try and push you out of your comfort zone. Little gambler. Okay. I, I think that's always fun. Adds a little, you know, little little something extra to your round. And then you just you need the guy who's going to be the fun guy. If he shoots 75 or if he shoots 105. You just need the person that's going to just bring it all together and just have fun either way. Okay. So here is my foursome all based right. on those characteristics. Okay. Your steady guy is Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> like we're, 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 we're going to put Tiger yeah. in, in yep. both of ours. Uh-huh. Degenerate never golfed with him, but just watching him at Whistling Straits with a cigar in his mouth, watching their best in the world play. Like oh, I want, I want, you want MJ. MJ. I want MJ. See, as my, I thought like, you were going to go Charles there. Well, that's a great for my my next cast. <laughs> I, uh, I I think that MJ just to watch like just how much he pushes the envelope. Like I, him and Tiger betting would yeah. be like just fun to witness, and then. The friend that's going to be a good time, no matter if he shoots 75 or 105, it's it's got to be John Daly. Yeah, see, I love like, JD. Like you, you just you just need the guy who's just going to chain smoke cigarettes and you know order vodka on the course and just have a good time. See, and so that, that, that's that's if we're not going like family and emotional, like yeah, that, that's my my foursome of golf centric people that I would like to play with. Yeah, so Tiger is obviously in mine, like because yeah, it's Tiger Woods. Of course, he's going to be there. Um, 
so that that's the thing. Like we were kind of debating when we knew we were going to do this. Like, do they have to be like like Arnold Palmer? I feel fits the kind of he kind of he kind of combines the last two categories you were talking about. I feel that Arnold Palmer. I when when we when I talk about golf history and I learn more about golf history, like he seems to be a guy that I gravitate towards more than Jack. I agree. Like he just seems so much fun. People behind him was just a, a showman, had that behind him. Like, him and Lee Trevino, the, again, the more and more I learn about Lee Trevino, I just keep learning more about Lee Trevino. His story is fantastic. It is fascinating, where he went from absolutely nothing from a time when you could do that, and he's winning majors. It made no sense. But Arnold Palmer I, would be in there for, for me. And, and maybe it's just because... Like, he is so much fun to watch. Like, I'd put Jordan Spieth in there. Because the dude he's is... just steady, nice guy. Well, no, he's not steady, though. Like, he's going to hit a bad shot. But then he's going to hit a ridiculous shot that's going to recover, and I'm just going to be in awe of it. Like, I just yeah. want to see all these recovery shots that I, Jordan is always I hitting. really wrestled around with Phil, but I just think he'll talk too much. <laughs> like, it's just it's just going to be just too much Phil for Yeah, but Phil holes. Phil's going to point out... Like, Phil's going to be able to explain to you... Like the one thing that you need to improve. But I can't have Tiger and Phil in the same. That's the thing because you like can't. I watched them try and have a conversation on, on TV in that ma- that first rendition yeah. of the match, and that was like that was painfully awkward. I just can't have be a part of a foursome with both. Yeah, of them. you just can't do Tiger. Rory and Phil. is the other guy that I would just I would dream of play <sighs> golf with because I have a man crush on Rory. Yeah, no, let's get to the lines. Case 800-990-3776. Again, give us your fantasy golf foursome, and we will pick the winner. If you give us your fantasy golf foursome, we, and we like it, and we pick it, you'll be playing golf next week. Fairways of Woodside, part of the On the Tee Fantasy Golf Foursome, part of the On the Tee uh, event that's happening at Fairways of Woodside next Monday. We go to Casey. Casey, you are on the tee. Hey, guys. Love the show. Um... My fantasy foursome. So, just like you guys, I appreciate golf, love the game, want to play with great players, but also a true Wisconsinite and love to drink and have a good time. And when you watch oh, guys play outside of the PGA Tour, they are great, but love to have fun. So, I want to play with Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky Fowler as my foursome. So he wants the, he wants the you're spring going, breakers. You're going to spring break. He you're wants gonna the ride 2K. Like, you're going to yeah. finish your 18. You're going to go banana boating with all of them, aren't you? 100%. So you're just ta- you're, you're pretty much taking the the famous three out of the spring break crew, and you're just leaving. Um, and, and and now, oh, why am I blanking out his name on on the fourth one? I picture it, Smiley Kaufman. Smiley Kaufman. There we go. You're just you're taking Smiley. You're replacing yourself with the spring break guys. Oh, 100%. How would that not be a great time? And also put up a good score. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're definitely time. like playing golf without shoes on, without shirts on, like they were doing in the Bahamas that one time. Or, you know, are, are you yep, prepared yep. to do that with those guys? 100%. I'm their age <laughs> and, and ready to party and have a good time and put up a good score. All right. What's your, uh, what's your go to drink, Casey, when you're on the golf course? Uh, it starts off with an IPA and then usually ends with a whiskey coke. All right, that's all over the place. That that, that that's a range. <laughs> that's that's some range when you're drinking on the golf course. All right, Casey. I hope I see you on Monday, Casey. We'll find out. All right, we'll see. Uh, we gotta get his number because we gotta call him back. So if you can get his number, Max, uh, in 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 case he ends up being the winner. But Casey 
is just inserting himself in with the Spring Break 2K crew and just kicking out Smiley Kaufman. Poor Smiley. I forgot his name. At least you remembered Smiley Kaufman's name. It took a minute, though. He faded pretty quickly. He did, but weren't they just all together? They were all at the Kentucky Derby this year, weren't they? Sounds right. I feel like they were the, the, that was the latest uh, the, the latest scene of, of the 2K guys. 800-990-3776. Give us your fantasy golf foursome. Your fantasy golf foursome, like Casey just did. He wants to play with JT, Spieth, and Ricky. And if we like yours the best, we'll pick you, and you'll get to play golf as part of the uh, Fairways of Woodside outing we have next week, the On the Tee event. Uh, noon Shotgun Start, by the way. Noon Shotgun Start next Monday. You get to invite three guests to participate in that scramble event at Fairways of Woodside, who has been such a proud and great partner of ours here on the tee throughout the course of this golf season. We do have a golf course to talk about. We'll continue to take your fantasy golf foursomes. 800-990-3776 is On the Tee continues next. Forget about changing that dial. More on the tee with Gabe and Steven next on 94.5 ESPN. ESPN, presented by Annex Wealth Management and Fairways of Woodside. Eight hundred nine nine zero thirty seven seventy six. Still time to get in and let us know what your fantasy golf foursome is. We'll pick a winner at the end of the show to join us at the On the Tee events happening at Fairways of Woodside next week at noon. But we do have to go talk about a golf course, and there's a cool event happening in the middle of the state of Wisconsin uh, earlier today. We talk about that right now, courtesy of our friends at Waste Management. Fescue, hole placement, dog legs, hazards. What don't you want to know about Wisconsin's variety of golf courses? It's time for On the Tee to give you a course review. Brought to you by Waste Management, a company that values inclusion and diversity, safety, our customers, and the environment. Join the WM family and visit careers.wm.com. In the middle of the state, Stephen, there's a little golf complex that maybe people have heard of. It's called Sand Valley. Yeah, doing pretty well. <laughs> the little engine that could. Uh, no, great, great work that they've done there. What's amazing about Sand Valley to me, I was fortunate enough to play a preview round when it was just nine holes. They only had the first and front nine holes open. Uh, went up there, played the front nine twice, and I was really excited to see what would happen. Uh, last year, I went up there, I played in the WSGA Par 3 contest at the Sandbox, their, their 17-hole Par 3 that they have. And it's amazing how it went from nine holes and this just this little shed that's still up there, that's kind of like their halfway house now, to all the hotels and everything that's been built around it. It's its own metroplex at this point. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I remember talking to Michael Kaiser Jr., um, I think two years ago now, asking him, like, how, how much are you trying to build here? You know, are you, are you trying to bring Bandon Dunes to the Midwest, and he said, I could build five more courses if I wanted. <laughs> and they've, got a lot, they've got a lot of land, and, and they have three right now. They have the Lido that is currently in, in construction, which is going to be a world-renowned course. So for those who don't know, the Lido is a golf course that uh, was just revered. Like People apparently loved it, best golf course design ever, 
but it was built over during I can't remember if it was World War One or World War Two. Yeah, like Long the, Island, New York. Yep, uh, needed to needed to have the space for something more important. Understandable. Golf course was lost, so they are rebuilding this golf course. Obviously, not at Long Island, but now on site uh, up there in in the middle of Wisconsin at Sand Valley. So that is going to be complete. Is that next year or the year after? I can't remember if it's 22 or 23. I think it's next year. I want to say yeah. they're pretty far along right now. It, it always depends on the grass and what the grass season is going to be like. But I think they're hoping to have it ready by 22, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, add that on top of um, what you have in Mammoth, what you have in Sand Valley, yeah. what you have in the Sandbox. Um, Sand Valley was the number one new public course, Golf Digest, in 2017. Mammoth was the new number one for Golf Digest, new course, in 2018. Um, Sandbox is... You know, we've talked a lot about the Kaiser family and what they've built and how it is the future of golf. It's making more playable for your 20 handicap course design that isn't hard, but it's fair and fun. And it's more about the experience than the score itself. Sand Valley is an unbelievable property. Um, and I mean, Chia- I tell you what, they really figured out hospitality. Turns out, yeah. if your guests have a good time, they want to come back. And, every- and now <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Don't know what happened there, but and, uh, and the other thing they do is when you get on property, it's similar to that Augusta model where the food and stuff is not outrageous when you get there because it, it, it does cost money to get out to Central Wisconsin, and you know greens fees are still right around just under two hundred dollars. So I mean, you're playing championship quality golf courses, but once you get there, you can get beers and food on course for under three dollars, whatever it may be. Um, and I, I have a couple of friends that are up there right now as we speak, about to finish 100 holes in one day that they're doing it, raising money for youth on course. They've raised over four hundred or $975,000 in this event throughout, not this year, but throughout yeah. since but, oh, they've had it. Still. And, you know, eight guys are out there playing 100 holes right now. They've raised well, over 50000 in just this group in this year. So shout out to them. I, I, I remember playing in the original summer solstice event at Sand Valley, which was 72 walking in one day. And I couldn't walk for three days after. So I know they're doing a lot of rounds on the sandbox, but 100 holes at Sand Valley, all walking, you know, tip of the cap to them. 800-990-3776. Uh, we've got the Fantasy Golf foursome out there. We go to Matt. You're on the tee. Hey, guys. What's up, Matt? How's it going? Oh, what's going on? What do you have for your Fantasy Golf foursome? Good, yeah. 800 uh, Also, if you could turn down your radio. Because we can hear ourselves back otherwise. All right, what do you got, Matt? Hey, guys. Yeah, I've been a huge golf fan ever since I was a kid, so I got uh, I got a blast from the past. I got Calvin Pete, Craig Stadler, and John Daly. A couple of big boys at the end there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I grew up watching Calvin Pete and Craig Stadler, and I would love to play around a golf club. <laughs> What do, you, what do you think John Daly's like in the foursome? Because I, I I had him in my foursome. I, I'm intrigued by that personality on a golf course. Yeah, I'm sure he's really, really calm, um, down to earth, and he'd be the guy ordering doubles at, like, hole number three. So we certainly appreciate the call. Thanks, Matt. We've got your submission. Um, so Homer played with J.D. in this year's um, American Family Insurance Championship Pro-Am. He said really? that JD is the fastest player ever. <laughs> like he's just driving up ahead of people. Like he's just he plays quick. 
He's a quick player. He wants to play fast. Not a lot of practice swings, which is Homer's kind of guy if you've actually ever played with Homer. Uh, we appreciate that, Matt. We've got to get to a couple more calls here before the end of the show, and then we've got to pick a winner. Mike, you are on the tee. Hey, guys. What's up, Mike? So I'm going to go with a little uh, Ryder Cup special, and I'm going to go JT in my cart, and we're going to wear the Brooks and Brooksy uh, T-shirts, and then we're going to have the other cart. We're going to have Brooks and Bryson and see how that goes. Love this idea. <laughs> Especially the, the we're T-shirt. Wear the shirt the T-shirt that he is, yeah, the T-shirt idea is, is fantastic. Uh, we appreciate that call, Mike. We're running out of time. we got one time for one last submission. Again, trying to get into this fantasy golf foursome to win a foursome for the On the Tee event at Fairways of Woodside next Monday, noon start. We go to Dan. You are on the tee. Yeah, this is Dan. Yeah, what do you got, Dan? I got old school on you. I got Fuzzy Zeller. Okay. Fred Couples. Oh, Freddie. And, and Ray Floyd. Freddie and Floyd. I mean, everybody loves Freddie, right? Like, everybody of any yeah, generation Fred, of golf, like, Freddie. Freddie's your likable, steady guy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I followed Freddie my whole life, and he's my number one man. Yeah. It's a shame he he only, I mean, again, he won a major, which is still, I don't want to, like, downplay that. but He had some loud cheers. This past weekend oh, yeah. at Whistling. He is beloved. Yeah. People absolutely love Freddie Couples. We appreciate the call, Dan. All right. It is time before we get out of here, Stephen. We got to pick a winner. So we have submissions from Casey, Matt, Mike, and Dan. I know where I'm leaning. And it's because we talked about it all. We talked about it all summer long. Yeah, Mike. Mike's been listening to our like, show. Mike's a lot. been listening to the show. I feel like he he played into us. But I'm picking Mike, p- pairing himself with JT because JT looks like he'd be fun to play. And as an added bonus, now maybe you get Bones. Oh. Like Bones has some stories because he's now on the bag for Justin Thomas. So I gotta get- say, he had me at the t-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the t-shirts and and pairing Bryson and Brooks together. Because it, we we never know if we'll actually truly get a pairing from them. Correct. You know, the match might happen with them, but it's going to be awkward same. television. Yeah, drama. because we want to see them riding a golf cart together. Yes, I vote Mike. Yes, uh, Mike is our vote. Mike is our winner. Congratulations, Mike! You will win a foursome to next week's on the tee event at Fairways of Woodside. Again, it'll start at noon. That's where we're going to be next week. We're going to be hanging out at Fairways of Woodside. Uh, hanging out there, maybe uh, Stephen and I will get a side bet with our teams. I got a really good feeling about my team. I think my team's going to take it home. Really good feeling about my team. Mostly because I'm playing with the owner of, uh, you know, uh, Fairways of Woodside. Oh, did I think you set that up? I think he's going to stack it. I think he's going to stack our team. It's going to be sick. Well, my team's going to have the most fun game. Oh, okay. We're going to have fun winning, Stephen. We'll be back next week. This has been On the Team. The Wisconsin.